In June 1991, three days before the celebrity wedding of the year, bride-to-be Julia Roberts ran away. And who was the man holding her hand? None other than her fiancé's best friend. Welcome to Scandal from Shameless Podcast, the stories of the biggest celebrity controversies revisited. Hello, Zara McDonald. Hi, Michelle Andrews. We are back for part two. We've touched on some of the scandal, but boy, a lot more of the scandal is to come. It absolutely is. So what did we touch on in episode one? First of all, we charted Julia's origin story. We went back to her childhood. We spoke about the very pivotal moment when three days after graduating high school, she decided to move in with her sister in New York and try and make it as an actor. She also had success incredibly, incredibly fast. Yeah, 100%. Within the space of a few years, the media had dubbed her Hollywood's most bankable star. And I think to understand the story of her being, quote unquote, the real life runaway bride, you really have to understand how big of a star she was. She was the biggest star in Hollywood. Yeah, she was also notably, when we left off episode one, engaged to Kiefer Sutherland. So Kiefer's a fellow actor. This was a big powerful, glittery celebrity couple that we mentioned in episode one was considered the biggest celebrity couple. Like I know that Kiefer Sutherland isn't the most famous person in 2022, but back then he was a big deal as of course was Julia. Now the problem was from the moment that these two became engaged, the media speculated that they might be in dire straits. Yeah, they had a few issues just in the few months before the wedding was scheduled. Of course, we had that story of Kiefer reportedly being spotted with a dancer by the name of Amanda Rice. Amanda Rice then went to the tabloids and it was Not a whole ideal. thing. <laughs> then on June 14, the day when these two were originally supposed to be getting married, Kiefer was seen moving out of Julia's Hollywood Hills house into his own apartment Mm. while Julia Michelle was seen eating burgers with none other than Jason Patrick Kiefer's best friend. Complicated, messy, a hell of a lot going on. Let's rewind to that day. We are heading back to June 14, 1991. All righty, Mish. So at the time... I feel giggly already. There's so much to do. (laughs) There is so much to do and to say. At the time when Kiefer and Julia said that the wedding wasn't going ahead, the whole thing was called a postponement rather than a cancellation and things appeared cordial uh, as reported by People magazine. Mm. And I think there is something very strategic about saying we're just postponing this, we're not cancelling it, it still might happen. How many people, I mean COVID times are obviously different, but how many people postpone a wedding with three days to go? Like some of the tabloids must have been raising an eyebrow at this and going what the hell's happened between these two? So we mentioned at the top of the episode, Jason Patrick and Julia Roberts were photographed eating burgers on the day that she was supposed to get married to Kiefer Sutherland. A few hours after that lunch of burgers, they actually jetted off. They got a flight to London before then heading to Dublin. The Daily Mail reported that the two were, and I quote, practically making love (laughs) on the flight. That is a really interesting quote because I think I would imagine if this was me and I (laughs) needed to leave my partner for somebody else three days before the wedding, I had the eyes of the whole world on me and I was flying away. At the very least, I would just act like we were friends on the plane when people are watching us rather than practically making love. (laughs) 
Anyway, People Magazine wrote that they actually booked separate rooms at the Shelbourne Hotel in Dublin. See, well done, straight out of my PR book. (laughs) I know they were following it. And Julia's engagement ring was nowhere to be seen. Yeah, People Magazine reported that, hounded by reporters Patrick and Roberts, who had checked in on Saturday afternoon, slipped out at dawn the next morning and seemed to melt into the countryside. Rumours buzzed that they had gone off to the Galway cottage of YouTube bassist Adam Clayton. It's super interesting that she decided to do this literally the day of her would-be wedding. Like, it's bizarre timing to do it on the same day. Oh, I think... It's not really that bizarre to me because I can imagine you just want to get out of LA and get out Mm. of America and get out of where you think the focus will be. She probably totally underestimated the fact that people were happy to follow her far and wide to work out what she was going to (laughs) do. Running away certainly means less when the press are running with you. Now, from that moment onwards, Julia Roberts was no longer generally recognised as America's sweetheart. The Guardian wrote, her every footstep was monitored, analysed and speculated upon. Mm, That summer, Julia went through what her agent described as her Fellini summer. What that means is that the press went absolutely nuts over her and this story. They were printing all kinds of rumours, salacious details. There were op-eds that were hypercritical of Julia's personal life and who she actually was as a person. There were also some reports that she actually had a nervous breakdown or was struggling with drugs. And we've got to be really clear with the listeners. This is a difficult one to kind of try and track. The allegations or the speculation that Julia Roberts was on drugs or struggling with anorexia has never been confirmed, but was close to being omnipresent across the celebrity tabloids that this was a rumour levelled at her by multiple publications. Yeah, exactly. As you say, it's never been confirmed. Julia Roberts has never spoken about it or actually acknowledged that it's even true. So we have no idea whether it's true or not. But what is true is that these rumours were reported around her at the time. Mm. Now, whether that was them trying to have conversations about her that weren't particularly in the best light, given what we know about her running away. Mm. Who knows? But this has certainly existed in the media. The press also reported at the time that she was fighting with director Steven Spielberg. Now, she was actually playing Tinkerbell in his film Hook and gossip columnists started to refer to her as Tinker Hell. Tinker Hell. Take this from the New York Times in 1991 as an example of how the media was talking about Julia. Is she Mary Pickford or Elizabeth Taylor? America's sweetheart or a celebrity tart? Even while Julia Roberts' latest movie, Dying Young, is flopping at the box office, the Julia Roberts phenomenon is flourishing. Last month, the tabloids raced to keep up with her personal life. Did she fall for Jason Patrick before or after she called off her wedding to Kiefer Sutherland, just three days before the ceremony? She was the heartbroken bride, an object of sympathy when photographs surfaced of her almost groom with a stripper. But a few weeks later, one tabloid ran a photo of her and Mr. Patrick under the headline, Jilting Julia. Jay Leno joked that he planned to unload the blender he'd bought for Julia and Kiefer's wedding on Donald Trump and Marla Maples. Bit of a time warp there with some of those references, i.e. Donald Trump and Marla (laughs) Maples. But I think it's really telling when a Hollywood star who was once known as America's sweetheart becomes the butt of late night TV jokes. Mm. In 1991, People magazine posited whether Julia herself was the reason for the cancelled wedding. A Hollywood insider told People magazine, the problem is not money or other women, but Julia. Every time she gets close, she just shies away. Mm. Now, I find this whole sort of 
narrative really peculiar when we know on the record that these two are having issues in the months leading up to the wedding, reportedly because of his straying eye. And now when the wedding is cancelled, she's the one being blamed for what, not wanting to commit? Yeah, it's really one-sided and not very fair given the stories we already had and the photos we already had out in the public. Now, one of the rare times we heard Julia's side to this story was when she actually sat down with Entertainment Weekly for an interview in November 1991. This was five months after the cancelled wedding. The interview was the first time 24-year-old Julia opened up about the bizarre year she had had. The first question they asked her was whether if she was 10 years older, she would have made different decisions during that year. They said if you had turned 34 this week and experienced this same kind of year, do you think you would have handled it all differently? Julia replied and said that she hoped she wouldn't have got herself into this situation. Her reply was, you know, whenever anybody is faced with a precarious or negative or odd situation in their life, they say, if only I had done this or that. But everything for its purpose, I say, because you can't go back. Things just happen. And when good things happen, you try to perpetuate that. And when bad things happen, you try to learn from them and go on. Mm, Julia also told Entertainment Weekly that her fame and that fear of press backlash made calling off that wedding an even more difficult decision. I mean, for anyone to cancel a wedding three days out is a massive, massive thing. But to have the eyes of the world on you makes the stakes so much higher. She said, that also probably delayed my ability to realise what I had to realise, that I can't give a shit about some lady and boys who thinks I've made the biggest mistake of my life or that I'm a bad person because I've done this. This is my life. I get to do it one time. And this is a decision I made for me. I have saved my life by doing this. That last quote, I have saved my life by doing this, is very interesting, Super isn't interesting. it? It really does hint to it being perhaps not the healthiest relationship at all. Also, I can totally appreciate what she's trying to say. I think with this kind of level of fame, I imagine she was delaying acknowledging the inevitable, which mm. was this relationship is just simply not meant to be. But I imagine it's kind of like kicking the can down the road, being like, I'll just kind of keep going, keep going, keep going until it's really too close to the wedding time and you're like, I can't do this. Yeah, and I think it also hints to I wasn't just unhappy in this relationship. There was an aspect or an element of it that made me unhealthy to yes. some degree, which is really interesting. Here's another excerpt from that Q&A, Mish. I will play the interviewer if we want and oh you my can God, play yes. Julia because it's sort of one of those ones where it's a back and forth. Yep. Entertainment Weekly said, then there came a day when you and Kiefer both called your publicists and asked them to release a joint announcement that the wedding was off. I'm Julia Roberts. Yeah, and that's when the avalanche began. It just started slowly, you know, with this one small boulder which came loose and then the others came loose and then they came crashing down the mountain. People love scandal, people love drama. They love stripping away the layers to see what's really in there and they'll do anything, as well as make it up, to get it. And I feel like Kiefer, for whatever reasons, tried to make it seem like he was the victim of the situation. I quite honestly believe that Kiefer knows that it was the best thing for himself and for me that the wedding didn't happen. But he shouldn't try to make himself look better by taking shots at me. Somehow or another, it turned into Kiefer being left at the altar. Well, I just don't understand that, quite frankly. It's very rare, I think, for celebrities to talk so specifically about another celebrity that they're in a relationship yeah. with. 
and not just talk very specifically about that, but to, I don't want to say throw under the bus because I think that has such negative connotations, but to put the blame where you think it should be put. This is kind of the 1991 version of Calvin Harris tweeting about Taylor Swift. (laughs) Like before social media, celebrities did this. Yeah, 100%. And Entertainment Weekly went on. We're talking about the stripper. Yeah, Julia Roberts said, yeah, that's what she was. And once that came out, I sort of swallowed my pride a little bit and said, okay, the woman is the last to know. I mean, this has been going on for a really long time. So then I had to say, well, I've made an enormous mistake in agreeing to get married to begin with. Then I made an even greater mistake by letting it all get so big. I'm not going to make the final mistake of actually getting married. I respect this interview and these quotes a lot. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, no, huge respect. I think reading between the lines a little bit, it screams of a woman who was maybe a deer in headlights when this all happened. Like when the Amanda Rice storyline hit the press, Julia Roberts wasn't in the best place to deal with it and make the decisions she needed to make for her own well-being. And I think this is her months down the line, later on in the year, almost a year later going, I eventually did it. Yes, I could have done it sooner, but thank God I made the decision before I found myself in a really deep, dark pit. Can we also have a moment as well? Because at this time, she wasn't even 24. She was still Mm. 23. And I just feel like they are incredibly mature decisions to make at that kind of age. I feel like young women are never told that they're able to put themselves first and to make what we would consider selfish decisions and to set those kinds of boundaries. But that is exactly what she did. Now, when Julia was asked who actually called the wedding off, she said it was a bit of both of them. She said, I had just returned from a trip to Arizona intending to tell Kiefer that I thought it would be best for both of us not to get married. But the next time I talked to Kiefer, he called me on the telephone. The only thing I said was, where have you been? And he proceeded to tell me what I was going to tell him, which is that he did not want to marry me. He did not want this to happen. He was very vivacious, for lack of a better word about it, and he seemed very specific in how he felt. He was far more nasty about it than I was going to be. Far more nasty about it is interesting. And vivacious is a very interesting term to describe someone who's calling off a wedding with you. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. It makes a bit of sense to me now that I think about this because if we're going back to the timeline here, we know that Julia Roberts was packed with Jason Patrick at that spa and she's saying mm. it was after that trip to the spa that I was going to call off the wedding. Clearly those photos are released and Kiefer Sutherland calls and is nasty and is vivacious about it because he is quite accusatory about the whole thing because he's like, why are you being pictured with my best friend? Yeah, Regardless, at this time, we know that Julia Roberts is dating Jason Patrick, but things aren't exactly going great for them as a couple. In a profile piece with the LA Times, Jason Patrick appeared to be someone who hated the media attention and scrutiny even more than Julia Roberts, someone who we know did not warm to like the glow of celebrity stardom. Jason Patrick hated it even more than she did. Speaking to the LA Times for this profile on Jason Patrick, his close friend and colleague, director Kevin Reynolds, gave this quote. He said, Jason more than holds his own, so it's a shame that he's referred to as Julia Roberts' boyfriend. I think he's coping with life under a microscope as well as anyone can. Yeah, another producer by the name of Lily Zanuck, who was interviewed for this piece as well, said, the fact that she's so far along in her career compared to him can't be easy. An imbalance is hard both ways, but particularly when the man is less successful. In a perfect world, Jason would have met her after Rush, so people would be more aware of what he can do. Mm. 
I mean, I feel like, again, going back to these older scandals, this seems to be a common thread, relationships falling apart. I mean, it's been a common thread already in this series where the man can't quite handle a woman's rising success and, like, almost exponential rate of success. I also think it's very interesting about the relationship between Julia Roberts and Jason Patrick because for all the deep diving that we have done and Justine, our researcher, has done, there is very little on the public record about these two together. And I wonder if it's because the focus for so long while Jason and Julia were together was the broken marriage and the broken wedding. Yeah, Yeah, no one really got much about their time together and that's probably because they went to ground. In fact, after Julia ran away from her would-be wedding she did really quieten her presence in the public eye. I mean, things were not going too well in her career. She had a real purple patch, but that was followed by one or two mediocre films, particularly Hook. That was the film with Steven Spielberg where she played Tinkerbell but was nicknamed Tinkerhell. That was not received well. It was really critically panned and it was kind of the catalyst for Julia to take time out of her career. She stopped making films for two years after Hook. She went from the very pinnacle, the very height of her career in the public eye to virtually disappearing. Yeah, Julia later told Marie Claire that she really needed a break and some time to make decisions. It reminds me a tiny bit if we want sort of a modern day example here of Jennifer Lawrence disappearing from Mm. the public eye when she was at the peak of her career. As we know, Jennifer Lawrence was one of the youngest people to ever win an Oscar and then suddenly we didn't hear from her for like two or three years and she's only just back in the public eye now. And I think at the time, while they're kind of not in the public eye and while they're kind of hiding out, we're very much like what happened to them is everything over. But in the grand scheme of a career like Julia Roberts, it's a tiny, tiny blip. It's a little, little blip. Guys, after the break, we are going to tell you what Julia Roberts did next. But first, a word from today's sponsor. All right, Zara. So I don't think any of the listeners will be surprised that Julie's relationship with Jason Patrick was pretty short-lived. She was connected to Jason Patrick in tabloid reports until 1993. Which is a while. It's a while. It's, it was like kind of a year, we think. A year a bit and a half. But it was never quite clear whether they were fully together through that time or on yep. and off or whatever. Yeah. Their names just tended to appear in articles together until... Almost out of the blue, it emerged that Julia Roberts was marrying someone else. Now, before we tell you about that, we need to say things were pretty sour between Jason Patrick and Julia Roberts when their romantic relationship ended. Yeah, 100%. So after their relationship ended, Jason went to the press and basically accused Julia of bringing attention, like unwanted attention and trouble on herself. So when Julia Roberts later did an interview with Rolling Stone, she was asked about him making these comments and she said that reading the comments really hurt her feelings. She said, in the face of any publicity, you're going to put on the happy face, the oh, everything is great face. But saying that I called all this attention to myself in order to advance my status really hurt me. It is grossly inaccurate. Worse, it was said by someone I know and we get hurt most by the people we care about. Mm. Anyway, at this time when Jason Patrick is not so keen on Julia Roberts, she has bigger fish to fry because she is now 25 and she is married to country singer Lyle Lovett. Yes, so this appears to be one of the more random stories (laughs) out of the celebrity universe in the 90s because a lot of people 
our age, Mish, haven't quite heard of Lyle Lovett or mm. you and I hadn't heard of him anyway. Apparently, Julia Roberts and country singer Lyle Lovett were together romantically for the space of about three weeks <laughs> before they snuck off to Indiana and got married on June 27, 1993. In many ways, I can understand why she'd want to do something very quickly and away from the public eye. But it is a quick decision to decide to to marry someone in three weeks. I understand a lot of things, but marrying someone in three weeks didn't make a heap of sense to me. And I don't think it made a heap of sense to the people in their closest circles either. People were shocked. Even Lyle Lovett's manager spoke to the Washington Post and expressed that. He said it happened rapidly, very rapidly. Lyle's extremely excited. He couldn't be happier. The wedding was actually put together in just two days and Julia Roberts' spokesperson, Nancy Seltzer, told the Washington Post she only found out about the wedding after it had happened. So, like, this wasn't just a small, quick wedding. This was incredibly secretive as well. Absolutely. Now, in that Washington Post article, the journalist wrote, the couple picked the Midwest town because it was closer to Deer Creek where Lovett performed a few hours after the wedding. He had a gig the day of his own wedding. I kind of love it. Speaking to The Guardian about their marriage and describing it as the happiest years of my life, Julia said... We're pretending to be a normal couple. We get up in the morning and go to our jobs. He goes to the studio to cut a record. I go to the studio to make a movie. We can be walking down 6th Avenue in the morning and people will come by and say, hey, congratulations. But then there are people who talk about my wedding dress looking like a tablecloth too. (laughs) She's so random sometimes. I mean, not to psychoanalyze again, but surely this is a woman who was trying to create a more normal relationship Mm. after a very public downfall of one. Yeah, you would think so. Mostly from the media, the reports were quite negative. One piece of evidence that the media took to say that the marriage between Lyle Lovett and Julia Roberts was doomed was that they were living separately. They were not under the same roof. Lyle Lovett had a house in Texas while Julia Roberts had an apartment in New York. The press believed that they didn't even spend much time together in the house they rented together when they were both in LA. As Rolling Stone wrote, many cynically recalled that Roberts had always shown a clear-cut MO when it came to romance. Love them and leave them. Yeah, this was a really common thread when it came to the conversations around Julia and her relationships. But Julia Roberts defended the relationship. She had to incessantly because it was always called into question. She told Rolling Stone in an interview, some people think of togetherness in terms of physicality. I think when you have a great love and you're secure in that, it doesn't matter how far apart you are. Lyle and I actually spend a lot more time together than people imagine. I feel wherever I go separate from him, I now, by virtue of being married, represent both of us. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Particularly when one night in 1994, so the year after they get married, Julia Roberts was seen dancing on a night out with Ethan Hawke without a wedding ring on. This was such huge news, huge celebrity news that she had to actually address it. In a press release, Julia made it clear that she and Ethan were out with others at a business dinner and her marriage was fine. I would hate to be famous when stories like this come out. Yeah. Like, oh, fuck reading about this in the press about your partner. I'd rather, yeah. I'd rather not know. I also, <laughs> I'm kidding. That's my I also think as well, though, like even before smartphones, Julia Roberts was so famous she couldn't go anywhere or do anything without it being reported back to the media. Yeah, without being watched. Very soon after, interestingly, Lyle Lovett found himself in rumoured affair headlines. Now, the details are a little bit murky all these years on, but here's what we could figure 
figure out in our research, right? The National Enquirer ran a photo of Lyle and another American country singer by the name of Kelly Willis near a hotel room and suggested that they were having an affair. Some reported that it was Lyle leaving Kelly's hotel. Others suggested it was the opposite. But regardless of like who was leaving the hotel room, it was a pretty juicy story. And the inference was very clear that these two were in a hotel room when he was married. Yeah, well, we need to remember Lyle Lovett was a big name in the country music scene. So this was put on the front page, apparently, of the National Enquirer because there was so much feverish speculation about what these two were doing together near a hotel room. Now, soon after, Lyle also had to come out and address the rumours. He spoke to LA Magazine about it and said, you have to keep focus on the reality of this relationship and not on the publicity. I'm married to this girl and I'm in love with her. We have a relationship that doesn't get played in the tabloids. What you hear about is a fictionalised version. There was also this really interesting and curious tone from the media around this time. Journalists seemed to feel like, at least in the interviews that we read between journos and Juliet Roberts, that they were like owed the truth from her, the truth of her life, exactly what was going on in her private life, and that they seemed to think that she withheld the truth from them at every turn. So there's this passage from a Rolling Stone piece that we've referenced a couple of times in this episode from 1994 where the journo wrote, Since Julia Roberts previously told me how happy she and Lovett are, I suggest it would be unfortunate both if the marriage were over and if a story ran in which she proclaimed fealty to a passion that no longer existed. Also, Roberts has a history of springing surprises. She did a series of interviews just days prior to her marriage in which she kept mum about the impending news. Her right, certainly, but since she was so good at keeping secrets, we had to ask if there were any more in store. Very interesting line of questioning to say don't lie. Basically saying don't lie to me because if it comes out you've lied to me, you're going to look like a dickhead. I really don't like the tone of this piece because I think it speaks so clearly to how reductive we are about celebrities and how they are actually real people. Like whether Mm. you like a celebrity or not, imagine someone's sitting in front of you feeling entitled to the news of your private life. Yeah, well, knowing Julia Roberts, you could almost guarantee as well. She said yes to this interview with Rolling Stone on the condition it was probably about her career. She was never interested in speaking about her private life. It's interesting that the journo or Rolling Stone as a publication felt owed the details of her romantic relationship when she has made it clear from the earliest days of her career that's not really on the table. Well, it's not even just owed details about it. It's like owed the truth. Mm. Like at the very least, ask her about her private life and swallow whatever spin she wants to put on that. But it's like, no, don't even give me spin about your private life. Give me the facts. It's odd. To that line of questioning, Julia Roberts was not happy. (laughs) She said, I am secure in my truth that I've done nothing wrong and have nothing to hide. I do not feel compelled to defend myself. People cast aspersions that are ridiculous. On Monday, I'm pregnant. On Wednesday, I'm getting divorced. On Friday, I'm having affairs. That's their version of my week. And my version is, I got some chores done. I had a few meetings. I worked out five times. I ate good. I didn't have any potato (laughs) chips. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Almost a year after that interview, so in March 1995, news came out that Lyle Lovett and Julia Roberts had filed for divorce. And while Julia said they didn't need to be in each other's presence to be in love, 
It did turn out that their busy work and touring schedules probably contributed to the end of the relationship. Lovett once told People magazine that he had never spent seven straight days in the company of Julia Roberts. And I think when you when you hear this stuff about celebrity relationships, I even think this now with high-profile influencers even that you kind of follow on YouTube or watch their vlogs, the limited amount of time that celebrity couples actually spend together is mind-boggling and it goes a really far way to explaining why so few celebrity marriages actually last. Absolutely. Now, as Julia Roberts went to ground to deal with her divorce from Lyle Lovett, she really started to hit her stride when it came to her career again. So in 1997, she starred in My Best Friend's Wedding alongside Cameron Diaz (laughs) and Dermot Mulroney. It is widely considered, I think, to be one of the great romantic comedies of all time. And then in 1999, she starred alongside Richard Gere once again, this time for some serious irony, Mish. (laughs) She was starring in The Runaway Bride. It got trashed in reviews, but still grossed about 300 million. Not too bad. The same year, we can't do a two-part series on Julia Roberts without talking about this. She starred in the best movie of all time, in my opinion, Notting Hill. That was alongside Hugh Grant and my gods are out. This film does not age. It is the best film of all time. It's a wonderful film, this film. It is one of my favourites of all time. It's like my comfort film. Whenever I need a comfort film, it's like my crotch. Yeah, it's also really meta in that you get some very interesting. I mean, Julia Roberts plays a celebrity. She plays yeah. the world's biggest movie star in Notting Hill. And I really do feel like some of the quotes given in that film about the price of fame are probably from Julia's own mouth. Well, yeah, you really are playing yourself in that sense. It was a period of time in her career anyway where she really solidified herself as the face of those kind of really popular romantic comedies. She followed that up, though, with a bit of a different film with one of her most critically acclaimed roles to date. She starred as Erin Brockovich. Now, not only was her performance adored by the masses, it also represented a huge milestone. According to reports, she was the first actress to be paid $20 million for a movie. Insane. So much money. I mean, I feel like it was only a few months ago we were talking about Elizabeth Taylor being the the first woman to demand a million dollars for a movie. $20 million is 20 times that. It is a big number. Good math, Zara McDonald. The same year, so in 2000, The Guardian reported that Julia Roberts had become the first actress to make the Hollywood Reporter's list of the 50 most influential women in show business. The list's editorial director explained, we tend not to focus on talent because the list was first created to turn the spotlight on women who are doing a great job and go largely unnoticed. But Julia Roberts is in a class by herself. Insane stuff. So she's thriving professionally, but what's happening in her personal life at this time? Well, it was in the midst of this success in 2000 when on the set of The Mexican, Julia met and fell in love with cinematographer Danny Moda. Now, there was one complicating factor, and that is the fact that Danny was married to his wife of five years, Vera at the time, and Julia was in a long-term four-year-long relationship with the actor Benjamin Bratt. Yeah, and this was when Julia found herself in a mini-scandal yet again. 
Danny Motors, wife of five years that you just mentioned, Vera, was not at all happy when he left her for Julia Roberts. She spoke in an exclusive interview with Britain's The Sun to say, I'll never be able to forgive Julia. She's a husband stealer. It won't last with her anyway. She will be looking for a new husband within a year. Danny has a roving eye and he won't change. Look, I'm never a fan of anyone that necessarily goes to the tabloids and speaks about people like this. But the only thing about this quote is like, at least you took aim at both of them, not just one. Yeah. Which I feel like is a low bar to have, I know. But so often in this in this kind of period of time, we just saw the woman take aim at the woman rather than the man as well. Also, in Vera's defence, I agree. I don't love what she did, but I can imagine being not a Hollywood movie star and seeing your husband run off with the most famous woman in the world, that would do all sorts of things to your confidence and your ego and your sense of self. So I can kind of give her a green pass to behave in some funky ways around this time because fuck knows what was going on in her head at this time. It would be incredibly painful. So Julia Roberts gets married to Danny Moda in July 2002, just a month after his divorce to Vera was finalised. Now, Julia acknowledged the commentary around this relationship, particularly from Vera in an interview with Oprah in 2003. She said, I'm an easy person to point the finger at. She did it. And I see that. I don't begrudge people the easy finger point. It just doesn't happen to be so. Yeah. The media by this point in time didn't really trust Julia Roberts. Like this is where that label of America's sweetheart started to grate on a lot of journalists. There was a really... I mean, fascinating but also awful column published in ABC News around this time that was titled, America's Sweetheart May Be Married But She's Still a Homewrecker. Now, this was written by journalist Heidi Oranger, who wrote, as far as I'm concerned, the girl's too shaky and I'm not falling for her love antics anymore. As a matter of fact, if you have a man any man, keep him hidden from the likes of Julia Roberts. Even though she's married for now and her friends say it's different this time, it's the real thing, yada, 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 I wouldn't trust her around my grandpa. Pretty awful piece this one was. Mm. But it turns out that sort of actions speak louder than words because Julia and Danny went on to have three children. They are now one of the longest running couples in Hollywood, having been together for almost 20 years. So... Heidi Oranger can write 20 years ago, they are together for now and the friends say it's a real thing, but it was true. It was a real thing and it is a real thing. They are a super private couple even right up until today. There are only a few quotes that they've given the media about each other, but the ones that we do have are nothing short of lovely. So Julia went on Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop podcast a few years ago and said that the moment she met Danny Moda marked a real seismic shift in her life. She explained, that was the first feeling of like, my life will never be the same in the most incredible, indescribable way. So let's talk about Kiefer Sutherland and Jason Patrick to wrap this episode and this series up. Now. Feels like a throwback to go back to those two. I know, but in the years since, Kiefer Sutherland has said, he thought it was brave of Julia Roberts to call off their wedding. He actually told the Jess Cagle interview in 2016, I think she had courage. It wasn't what she wanted to do in the end. And I think it took a lot of courage in amongst all that other stuff to be able to say, I can't do this. Yeah, he went on, we were both young and we were both very much in love. We had decided that we wanted to get married, but then this other thing kind of took over. She was arguably the most famous woman in the world. And this wedding that was supposed to be something between the two of us became something 
something so big. Not taking a heap of accountability for <laughs> cheating, but sure. Yeah, this year actually, Kiefer Sutherland and Jason Patrick, both now 54, sat down and actually gave their own account of what happened in a joint interview on Michael Rosenbaum's podcast, Inside of You. Now, Patrick spoke about his reunion with Kiefer Sutherland. He said, when I saw him again, it was more of a laugh and a toast. They both, him meaning Kiefer Sutherland and Julia Roberts, have been subsequently married since a couple of times. And what lasted after all that is me and Kiefer, 35-year buddies. Yeah, I I mean, I love and I'm both confused by the fact that these two men, despite all the water under the bridge, managed to maintain their bond and their friendship over the years. If you guys want to get a sense of the mood in the, the room, energy. the energy is an interesting one to listen to. So we'll actually play you a snippet from this joint interview with both Jason Patrick and Kiefer Sutherland. All right. Now, look, this comes to the end of the whole interview, but there's one question is elephant in a room I got to ask. Has anyone ever asked? I'm sure. When you were going to get married to Julia Roberts, mm-hmm. I know this is old fucking hat. This is 30 years old. 30 plus. 30 years old. So who gives a shit at this point? Right? Mm-hmm. It's been that long. I mean, you were kids. Then, supposedly, you had a thing with Julia Roberts. You took off to somewhere. Where'd you go? Well, I mean, that was all, that was all the, the, the press. I mean, the fact was, from my standpoint. Ireland. Yeah, I went to Ireland. Ireland. Uh, uh, I was just going to say, have you guys ever talked about it? Was it yeah, always the other? Yeah. You yeah. have? Yeah, oh we talked. Gosh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, because, the, go ahead. Go ahead, Jason. No, we talked about, we hadn't seen each other. Um, we hadn't seen each other for all, <laughs> over 20 years. And then we contacted each I don't know if it was that long, but yeah. Sure it was, man. Yeah. yeah, we probably, I think we hooked up again in 2009 or 2010. And I hadn't seen, and nine, yeah, over 20 before years. Before that. Uh-uh. Well. So long anyways, time. But yes, we had talked about it. Look, clearly they weren't desperate to talk about it <laughs> yeah, at all. The n- amount of like stuttering or like beginning a sentence and then pulling back and yeah. then starting a new sentence. Well, knowing that the minute they open their mouth about this, it's going to create headlines and it did. Yeah. So, yeah. What we gleaned from that interview anyway is that Keith the Sutherland did say that his breakup with Roberts was a really, really difficult time for him, but that he has actually rekindled, as we know, with Jason Patrick. So the final question I guess we're left with, Mish, is... It sounds funny, but who is Julia Roberts in and amongst all of these tiny scandals? Yeah, I mean, so many people in the 90s and noughties in particular were obsessed with this question, trying to figure out if there was a trick mirror between the Julia Roberts we were seeing publicly and the one who existed privately. And maybe the question of that trick mirror has always been so difficult for people to figure out because there are two competing narratives in the media about Julia Roberts. Some people really say she is the definition of America's sweetheart. Others say she's a nightmare to work with. And muddling our way through that is precarious. Yeah, here's a couple of examples about that, right? Recently, there was an article that she did in Grazia where the journalist Jess Bailey wrote about Julia in this way. You can hear her before you see her. Her laugh is so famous and so loud. You could swear Richard Gere has just closed a box full of diamonds on her hand in the room next door. She's smart. The sentences she uses to answer a question will tell you she reads a lot of books. She's got an opinion and isn't afraid of a headline if it means voicing it and she's funny. However, separate to that, 
Mish, on the other side of that, you've got people like Steven Spielberg who will speak publicly about how he will never work with her again. Yeah, he said to 60 Minutes that he wasn't a fan of her professionalism or lack thereof. He wouldn't work with her again, although he did concede it was an unfortunate time for them to work together. But fascinating decision to go on the public record and feel confident to say all of that. Yeah, exactly. And then you also have former co-star Nick Nolte who said this, she is not a nice person. Everyone knows that. Now, I think for me, looking at this whole picture of Julia Roberts, it's like you've got two kind of older men saying that this younger woman is hard to work with. Mm. And I was like, is her reputation about being difficult to work with being built from men who can't handle a woman with opinions? Perhaps. I think another alternative here, I mean, two things can be true at once. Perhaps there is a layer of sexism and what we expected of women back in the 1990s here. But perhaps as well, Julia Roberts got famous really young and needed to grow grow up and become a better person. I mean, she's even acknowledged her murky reputation in an interview with Harper's Bazaar magazine, where she did say that for a time she was difficult to work with. She said, I was my priority, a selfish little brat running around making films. It was meeting Danny and finding my person that changed me. When I think about what makes my life my life and makes sense and just shine inside of me, it's him. Everything has come from that for me. So maybe she wasn't the best person for a time, but as she worked in the industry, as she matured, as she grew up, she became a better person. And maybe that's where the quotes from Jess Bailey for Grazia magazine come from. Yeah, totally. And I think there is something very unique about being put on a pedestal, being called America's sweetheart Mm. for such a long time. Like how is anybody going to live up to that when they have a bit of edge and they want to share their opinions? I find this quote of hers really interesting from Rolling Stone in 1994. She said, now I say what I think. It can come off sounding aggressive, but it's not really. Even when I've made mistakes and I've fallen short in ways that can't be taken back, I've never been badly intended. I think for me, this quote, I know it was said probably in the time that you're hinting that maybe she was difficult to work (laughs) with, but I think she is able to recognize that even some of the quotes of hers we've read out in the last two episodes have come across a bit funny. And that sort of has really formed the reputation that she's had publicly. But I do agree. I think if you look in the last 20 years of press about her, it's really settled down. Mm. Like she really is America's sweetheart again. And I don't think it's any mistake that that label's still with her. Also, perhaps not the most intelligent or meaningful point I've ever made, but I'm happy she found a long-term relationship that she seems really happy. And after all this turmoil in her 20s, she found someone and is clearly still deeply in love with them. Yeah. And from all reports that he's changed her life. So it is a very sweet note to end on. A very sweet (laughs) note to end on. Perhaps too sweet and saccharine. (laughs) Guys, that is all we've got time for. As always, we will be on Instagram at Shameless Podcast where we will have a gallery of very nostalgic very beautiful photos from this time I can't wait to share them. Yeah neither also guys make sure you click follow on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you're listening to us on it helps us out in the charts and finds us new listeners every single week. So thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you to our researcher, Justine Landers-Hanley, for all the great work you do. And we'll be back in your ears on Thursday. Yeah, we sure will. Bye. 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 <laughs>